0: Hey everyone and welcome to another installment of Beyond the Mask, where today we're going to be discussing in detail a long wondered question from Bob Clark's first slasher entry, Black Christmas. This has often been speculated, wondered and discussed amongst fans of the movie and horror in general. There's little information physically displayed on screen. Apart from the mumble dialogue, the killer shouts down the phone at various points in the movie. Shrouded in mystery, this killer has often been declared one of the scariest characters in horror and the slasher genre itself. Little is known about this character until now. So who is Billy? Why did he target the sorority girls? Who was Agnes he continued to speak about in his phone ramblings? Get relaxed and chill as I provide an in-depth analysis about who this character is. Understanding this character wouldn't be all that easy if we only had the movie to go off. Thankfully, director Bob Clark confirmed during a documentary some time ago the entire backstory of the character and explained what his origins were. With this video I'd like to reference what Bob Clark has said and give my own writings about what happened to this character to paint a very clear picture and provide a deeper understanding as to who he was and what was motivating him. The character refers to himself as Billy during many phone conversations in the movie, or rather he speaks about a person named Billy which indicates this references himself. Let me take you guys back to a dreadful night on Christmas Eve, several years before the events of 1974. It was Christmas Eve. The fireplace flickered in the darkness, providing little light in the room. This room was festive. Decorations, garlands, fancy rolls of tinsel all painted the room, covering what was underneath in its entirety. Sat softly by the fireplace was a young toddler. She rocked quietly in a small chair as she seemingly waited. Waiting for what exactly? It was better not to ask. Little Agnes had a reputation for enjoying her quiet times and no one interfered with that. Christmas carols played on the radio nearby as there appeared to be activity inside the kitchen. As laughter began emerging from the kitchen A shadowy figure appeared in the doorway. It wasn't tall. It was small in stance. But something felt imposing. The shadow stood observing the young child, rocking quietly in her chair. After a brief pause, the shadow stalked forward, bare footsteps approached on the dark wood floor. Agnes seemed completely unaware what was happening until the shadow appeared above her. Agnes looked ahead. She recognized who this was. Billy, she thought. He stroked her cheek gently. Little baby bunting, daddy's gonna huntin', Gonna fetch a rabbit skin to wrap his baby in. Suddenly, he stretched out his hands as if to gesture Agnes to follow him. She took his hand and proceeded to get up, just as Billy led her away from the living room. The pair of them disappeared down the dark corridor. Following this, Billy and Agnes' mother would emerge from the kitchen. With Eggnog in hand, their mother scanned the room for her children. Agnes, said the mother. Nothing. No response. It's fine, she thought. She'll be upstairs with Billy. The room became cold as the front door opened swiftly and closed with a large bang. This was Billy and Agnes's father, all wrapped up in winter wear and returning from a late night at work. Once the father came home, he noticed the alertness on his wife's face. When she revealed that Agnes had moved, Billy and Agnes's father flew into a flight of panic. Where's Agnes? You left Billy alone with Agnes? he said. Agnes! Billy! bellowed the father up the stairs. Nothing. The pair decided to go up and investigate for themselves. As they arrived at Billy's room, they pushed the door open very slightly. No lights were on in the house, except for Billy's room. There he was, sat, rocking, mumbling. Billy was troubled from a very young age. His parents had attempted to seek psychiatric evaluation for his problems. Nothing seemed to work though. His mother felt a sense of dread. She shouldn't have left Agnes alone. ''Where's Agnes?'' asked Billy's father. Billy let out a high-pitched cackle. He wouldn't make eye contact with either of them. He just laughed and rocked. The parents looked at one another. Rage filled the father, rage and dread. He rushed over and gripped his son by the arms. ''Where's Agnes?'' he shouted at Billy. Billy laughed mockingly. A high pitched cackle left his voice. He was being shook violently by his father. The mother broke her panicked stance. She began searching the house frantically. Room after room, she searched, desperately hoping to find her baby girl hidden somewhere. She'll be okay, she thought. I bet she's hiding. With that notion, she swept back downstairs, where her daughter was last seen. The family continued to search. Ramblings from Billy continued. It appeared in this moment, Billy was lost for good. He no longer resembled anything of their child before. But where was Agnes? What did he do to her? What your mother and I must know is, what have you done with Agnes? bellowed the father. By this point the house had been turned upside down. There was no signs of the baby. The festive environment had quickly turned into a parent's worst nightmare. Their child was gone. Billy hummed a song to himself. He began rocking once again, just as his father lashed out, slapping Billy across the head. ''Where's the baby?'' he yelled silence. The father proceeded to leave the bedroom. A cold rage filled Billy. A loud wail came from him as he rushed towards his father and stabbed his thigh with a knife he had hidden under his bed. The father fell to the ground and yelled. Billy's mother overheard the commotion upstairs and proceeded to rush up. She arrived only to be greeted by the sight of her son ...stabbing his father, over and over again. She let out a large scream, as she stepped back towards the stairs. Billy looked up towards her. The race. Race of anger. She was likely going to punish him again, with a belt, or something worse. He hated that little pig they called a the baby. He hated her. He rushed towards his mother, as she tripped and tumbled downstairs, banging her head on the floor. She lay, lifeless, but still conscious. Billy rushed down and, without hesitation, placed his small hands around her throat and began squeezing. Gasping, struggling, Billy's mother clung to her son's arms in the hopes of squeezing hard enough for him to stop. She squealed, Struggled. Please, stop. Oh God, please. With that final gasp, the mother was lifeless. The death of Billy's parents was likely the large trigger in his mind that set him completely off whatever sanity level he was on. The results of their panic, the fear that led them to panic and responded negatively to Billy's behaviour, they believed he had murdered Agnes. The reality was, from my perspective, much darker. Billy hadn't murdered Agnes. In actual fact, he had locked her in the basement of the house. The reason is unknown. Based on the oversexualized ramblings and the childlike squeals on the phone shouting no at Billy, it's likely that somehow... Billy was exposed to sexual activity at a young age and may have committed or attempted to commit similar acts on Agnes as she was locked in the basement. Despite her age, Agnes found a way out and escaped. She was saved and ultimately managed to get Billy arrested. Following his arrest, Billy was sent to a psychiatric hospital and placed under strict evaluation by psychiatrists in the facility. Billy appeared to show remorse for his actions, as though he felt he wasn't in control of his own rage. Somehow, in 1974 however, Billy managed to break out, committing horrific acts of murder on his pathway from the hospital to the Pi Kappa Sigma sorority house. There's a lot to discuss and theorise about the murders Billy committed and the acts of murder he carried out specifically, but that's a video for another time. And that's it for this video. I hope this has helped provide a breakdown of what happened to Billy before the events of Black Christmas in 1974 and provide some more context to what he was saying during the phone calls. If you enjoyed this content, don't forget to like, share and subscribe. Until next time. The caller is in the house. The calls are coming from the house.